0: Welcome to the Wednesday Word, our midweek refresh. This is the second episode of our second season. Very exciting. Uh, we are going to dive a little deeper into the topic of this past Sunday's sermon um, with Pastor David's devotional and talk about it a little bit. And I'm really excited because I have some of my favorite people here. Uh, Julie, Julie, do you want us hello. to hello?
1: It's good to be here with my neighbors. Yeah.
0: And Lindsay. Hi. And my brother, Chris. Hello. All right. So let's just jump right in. Uh, Starting with the devotional. It comes from, the scripture today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 29. And it says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked. So an expert in the law asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Given that the expert had just quoted scriptures about love, we know the expert's concern was not who to love. The expert's concern was, who do I not have to love? And we know why. Most of us draw the line somewhere. The expert in the law wanted to know where Jesus was willing to draw the line. Of course, Jesus did not draw a line. He crossed lines others drew to welcome all into the family of God. And to shock the expert in the law into understanding, Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan. Using a Samaritan as an example to follow, and Samaritans were on the wrong side of the religious leader's line. For Christians, one of the points of the story is simple. Love is not something we can justify for some, but not for others. We who are becoming love, act out of love toward all the people we encounter. While it may be hard for the world to understand, When it comes to living a Christian life, there are no lines. Okay, our first question. So Bob Goff, in his book, Everybody Always, which uh, some of you might be in a community group reading right now, uh, says of Christians that we are becoming love. So what does this phrase mean to you?
1: You know, thinking about this, when you're becoming anything, it does take action. It does take doing. So... Um, We can be loving people and lovable people and all of that. But the becoming love seems like it's you're continually working on that. It's like you've never just arrived. And so you need to becoming love is something that you
2: need to be actively doing every day. Yeah. So I love this question because it kind of reminds me of friendship. Friendship. And if you listen to when I was on before, I love friendship. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, but one thing I I relate to this and I can't give a direct quote um, because it was just a meme on Facebook, but it was talking <laughs> about how a college professor had a guest speaker come in and he was talking about changing the world. Oh, he was a, he, I feel like he was a Buddhist monk or something like that. Okay. And he was talking about everybody wants to change the world, but nobody wants to help mom do the dishes. And everybody started <laughs> laughing True. and they're like thinking it was And He's like, no, very rarely will you ever have the opportunity to run into a burning orphanage and save a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But every day you come across situations where yeah. you can make a difference in someone's life. Mm-hmm. And for becoming love for me, that really resonates because every day you run into your neighbors and there is an opportunity mm-hmm. to do something as simple as waving and saying good morning or good mm-hmm. afternoon mm-hmm. if there's an elderly couple in your neighborhood bringing up and down their trash cans there's mm-hmm. so many small things that yeah. you can do on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis True. that make a world of difference mm-hmm. for them yeah
1: yeah and i like that becoming because you know when you go from uh, someone's an acquaintance to suddenly that they, you're you're becoming friends too yes. right in those relationships yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. And Lindsay, you are very good at friendship. You're yes. like one of the best.
2: Are friends. I love friendship. It's just my favorite thing. It's just so fun. Oh. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: I think this kind of reminds me of last week's podcast when I read "Becoming Love." It reminded me of the fact that we're works in progress, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about that mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. That uh, Jesus isn't finished with us yet. Yeah. Right? Yes. True. And so it kind of is a hopeful message too that every day i'm i'm working on becoming love and mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that i'm perfect at it yet mm-hmm. i'm not love but i'm becoming love mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. right yeah that's great
3: yeah i kind of look at the words and you know there's only two words but you can parse a couple things out of it one like you said the becoming portion of it is a is a um in activity we are becoming right we are we're going through the process of and this love, looking back at last week's sermon or this week's sermon, um, you know David talked about agape love and the full mm-hmm. um, unconditional love and um, and so that's what I view that as you know not just becoming our our worldly idea of love but becoming everything and embodying everything in mm-hmm. the Christian life and that love
0: yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah really true
0: so in the video clip I used to start my sermon last Sunday, Bog Goff talked about the difference between being invited and being welcomed. He said, we all have been invited to things where we ended up not feeling very welcome. Mm-hmm. So what does being welcomed mean to you?
2: I have a great story for this, mm-hmm. and it's it's very funny. Uh, my parents have lived in their neighborhood for almost 30 years, and so they're really one of the last original mm-hmm. of the group yeah. when they everyone everyone moved in. So my parents have seen... The changes in the housing they've Mm -hmm. seen different families come in and my dad a few years back my my parents neighborhood has this thing called a neighborhood block party every year it's Mm -hmm. every summer it's super fun a couple of the families pull together and they buy a big bounce house and one of those Mm. water things for the kids and you just hope if your garage is open you're free to go use their bathroom (laughs) and that's great they block off the cars and they block off everything and everyone makes a dish, and it's four streets in the cul-de-sac, and every street is uh, rotates, and they bring a different item, and some bring um, desserts and side dishes and main courses, and it's Mm. just this big barbecue, and it's so fun. That's so cool. And it's really fun when new families come into the neighborhood because the first block party of the year when they are new that's your chance to get to know your neighbor and it's really fun because we just had a a family move in across the street from my parents and i was so sad because i really loved the neighbors that lived there i had a great relationship with them i just was so sad to see them go Mm. and i don't do well with change so i was like (laughs) oh new neighbors Mm -hmm. but they are just the sweetest people and i was so excited to meet them at the block party and that was really one chance where the neighbors were able to become welcome. But a few years ago, my dad was presented with a crown and he was crowned king of the neighborhood. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Uh, Because he could tell you, um, the history of everybody's houses Mm -hmm. so we always joke when the new neighbors moved in I was like hey listen if your upstairs bathroom flooring ever goes out and you need to (laughs) know where it is call my dad because he remembers who did the floors and he he probably still (laughs) has the (laughs) number he's like he can tell you the paint and we've actually put it to the test we're like okay go through all the houses and tell me who has a pool and my dad can tell you Uh. (laughs) who has a pool in the neighborhood who had it built whose was was original it's it's great because uh he's the king of the neighborhood and he uh <laughs> will make <laughs> you feel
0: awesome. welcome. I love That's that. That's like knowing something, knowing things about other people, right? Like getting to know somebody mm-hmm. makes them feel welcome. Yep, right?
1: Yeah. I was thinking about my grandparents um lived on a farm in Mud Lake, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Like they were um Walton Florence Spillman and they lived on Spillman Road. So, I mean, it's a small place, but you know, whenever we would drive to visit in the summer or whenever we would go, you know, as soon as you pulled into the, you know, yard, it was. a i mean, my grandma comes out, she's got her apron and she's flailing and she's, you know, so excited to see you. But the thing that was always amazing to me is that the farmhouse... People were constantly, constantly coming to the house. I mean, and nobody called ahead. People would just show up and she'd be like, oh, Mildred's here. And I'm like, it's so weird to me, right? But everyone was always welcome. And they sat down and they had, you know, supper, whatever, whatever was happening. And it was just, you could just stop by. Everybody was, and we could go anywhere too. We would just... Oh, we're going to head over to the Staley's, and they didn't know we were coming, but you were always welcome, and people just stopped what they were doing. Someone came to the door, and they just stopped what they were doing, and you just felt like you were not—I mean, if— I, to be honest, if someone just showed up unexpected at my door, I'd be like, ah, what's going on? Right. Why are you here? I'll say people <laughs> definitely don't do that yeah. here. No, no. It's, it's very weird. Like, I, I don't even it answer my door Midwest most thing. of the time because I like assume f- it's Amazon.
3: It's like the flip coin of Bob Goss' statement, though, too, yeah. right? Because you can be welcome without being invited. Exactly. And, you, you know, it's the these opposite, people weren't right? necessarily invited, and but they're welcome. Totally welcome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Totally
1: welcome. And I'm excited. To, I love to welcome people that I know are coming. Right, but
3: when Mm they're not coming, I'm like,
1: ah,
0: what's happening? So there must have been something that they were doing, though, to make it known that you were welcome without mm -hmm. being invited. Because they could have just said, "You're invited," but people wouldn't come if they didn't know. Oh, I'm actually going to be welcomed here. So, yeah, that open invitation. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Some people say they have an open invitation, but it's like they don't
0: really mean it. So, welcoming another person into our lives is one of the ways we express love. This week, we are focusing on loving people who live in our proximity, people in our neighborhood. During my sermon, I told the story of a man in a previous neighborhood named Wayne. Over the, Oh, I remember Wayne. Over the course of several years, Wayne and I went from being strangers and people with very little in common to friends. So think back over your life. What story can you share about a neighbor who became a friend? Whether that friendship continues to this day or not, what do you think your friendship meant to your neighbor and what did it mean to you?
1: Oh my gosh. So I have been in my neighborhood in November, it was 25 years and it was a brand new neighborhood. And I always joke that the house was being built as Louie was being built because I was pregnant. And so we'd take pictures and every they'd be like, oh, now the walls are up. And, now, you know, as mm-hmm. I got bigger and bigger. So and I'm at the end of a cul-de-sac. So I was, you know, sort of first in the neighborhood. So um, and it, so it was a brand new neighborhood, um, young families. Mm-hmm. And um, I I loved it because we again, we, we we all moved in at the same time. And so down the street um, is Linda. The Hills live down the street. Mm -hmm. And we always joke, like, they're in charge of their half of the street and knowing what's going on. And I'm in charge of my half of the street (laughs) down there and knowing what's going on. But we um, have kids that are in the same grades. So Louie and Ryan and Natalie and Giovanni. So that worked out really well because we had a lot in common. And I... The friendship throughout the years has been so wonderful to be comfortable letting your kids go over and play. I mean our kids played with other kids in the neighborhood but but the hills were the ones that were that became like family, so much so that um Giovanni, when he was i don 't know maybe about five, he came home and told me. So I've decided that if you and dad die, I'm just going to live with Miss Linda in the hills. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then I'm glad you have a plan. That's (laughs) good. He's thought this through. Yeah. And so even now that our kids are grown, we still live, and we are like the originals in the neighborhood. There are Mm -hmm. some, but not too many. Um, And so we still have that friendship and she'll invite me to, you know, a Bible study or worship or I'll invite her to something here. She's come up to camp to take pictures. And mm-hmm. so as, as our kids have grown, we've, we've continued to be in that same phase of life. You don't see each other as much as you do when your kids are constantly playing. Sure. Um, but I really treasure that friendship and, you know, uh, it's, it's, not just the the things that we shared in common, but we were both pretty intentional, I think, about about that friendship. And so, um, yeah, and my kids was still when they they when they still come home, they want to know what's going on with the hills. So, really, really treasure that friendship. That's so great. That
0: reminded me of neighbors that we had when we lived in the Parsonage. And, um, we were at University Church, and they were actually our neighbors behind us so we shared a back wall yeah and the wall was broken mm. and they were actually also a pastor's family oh weird and a methodist pastor's family <laughs> and um they had two daughters named Ann and Sarah who are about mine and my brother Andrew's age okay and um the wall was broken. And so we literally would just go outside and we could just climb through the wall. (laughs) We had like a joint backyard, which was great. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) We would always meet at the wall. (laughs) So fun.
2: So when the neighbors that I just talked about how they left, when they first moved into the house, my dad was temporarily retired. He, he's not any longer, but he had retired for a while. And he sits in a recliner in the front room and it has two big giant windows and it looks out onto the street. So he knows everything. (laughs) He is on the ball. He just knows what's going on. And I'm nosy. So I was looking out the window too. And I was like, oh, the new neighbors are here. And he's like, I'm going to go meet them. And I was like, dad, they're, they're moving in. Like, you got to give them a second. He's like, no, <laughs> he walks over and he just takes, he doesn't even introduce himself. He takes a box out of their moving truck and follows them in the house. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, oh <laughs> my gosh, oh, I'm like, bold. dad, what are you it. doing? And they became some of our very best friends. But oh. I remember being like mortified. <laughs> I'm like, dad, you cannot just do that. And he's like, why not? He's yeah. like, they clearly need help moving. I'm going to go help them. Yeah. And he did. He That's went great. and he just started grabbing boxes and walking in. And from bringing boxes in and out of their house, he just started talking to them. And my dad's the type of person that like, if you are in line at the grocery store and there's at least one person in front of you, by the time you've checked out, mm-hmm. he knows your whole life story. Mm-hmm. Right. He yeah. will talk to anybody about anything at any time. That's wonderful. And it was great because he was able to introduce us as the family and they became our really good friends they lived there for about 10 years and they were the ones where it was just they didn't have to be invited they just came over they would ring the doorbell the kids eventually would start ringing the doorbell Mr. Brent, I want to swim in your pool. <laughs> and so they would, he'd be like, "All right, it's it's warmed up. Go on back." And they would just run through our house, Ooh, all so cool. slip and slide style in Aww. their wet feet and their bathing suits, and run Ooh, across the street. It. And it was so fun. Yeah. And that was one one chance where my dad was able to make them feel very welcome. Probably a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they just rolled with it, and that's. Uh, a good example of how he got like the King of the Neighborhood title because Mm -hmm. he Mm -hmm. will just take that chance and walk straight in and get to know you. That's awesome. Yeah. It was really fun. (laughs) It's a person like that. That's awesome.
3: For me, when uh, David was talking in the sermon, I really resonated with, you know, the, the fact that this city kind of, you know, as we've talked about, doesn't really foster, uh, neighborhoodly relationships. You have to really kind of, you know, force it, you know, part of it's the, transientness of the city and mm-hmm. part of it's the newness of the city compared to other places mm-hmm. um for me when i when i lived downtown which is now a couple of uh years away um my next door neighbor and my across street neighborhood uh, neighbor both of them i, I got close to um the, across the street was uh, bob coffin who at the time was um was a congressman mm-hmm. and uh so we kind of bonded over politics and mm-hmm. policy and um, they had a uh, they were a feral cat colony, uh, certified feral I cat colony that, yeah. downtown, <laughs> which means that they had, um, you know, cat um, uh, places for cats to sleep, and they would feed them, and uh, so there's a lot of cats around, mm-hmm. and uh, that was one that you know was really nice. We didn't have a super close friendship, but it was always nice to you know have an intergen- intergener- intergenerational yeah. uh, connection um, with someone who was you know my elder by many, many, yeah. many years. <laughs> <Yeah. I laughs> but then my that. next door neighbor, um, was this gentleman from Thailand. He worked at the, at the, on the strip as a dealer. Um, and he would visit his mother back in Thailand, uh, every year. And he'd go back for, you know, quite a bit of time, be a month, sometimes two months. And then eventually he brought back his mother. Um, and she was fairly old. She's like 90, uh, when he brought her back, um, she spoke zero English and she started gardening in the backyard um and she would grow um eggplants specifically a lot of eggplants mm-hmm. but you know all kinds of different things and uh one time she came over um you know short little frail mm-hmm. lady knocking on my door and gave me a bag of these uh, Taiwanese uh, Thai eggplants, and she would talk to me, even though in Thai, but I wouldn't understand <laughs> anything she was saying. And she gave them i didn't even know what they were at first because they look a little different <laughs> than yeah. a regular eggplant. And it was such a, a um, unexpected thing, um, but we started kind of this this relationship across the the fence, <laughs> where every Friday I'd go over, and she'd be you know tilling the weeds and. And I would say hi to her. She would come over to the fence and say, you know, uh, two or three minutes worth of something, mm-hmm. um, and then we would, you know, depart and say hi. And and I I did uh, some research on what these Thai eggplants were. I we ended up um, uh, making a dish with it, oh, and then yeah. bringing that back oh. over oh, to sweet. them. And so you know, it meant a lot, even though we really didn't, you know, have a a, a language to speak. Um, mm-hmm we, you know, we kind of worked with what we had with food and, and kind of fostered that relationship. That's so Um, and afterwards, um, her, her son came over and, you know, thanked me for keeping an eye out and, you know, kind of engaging with her and she would do her walks in the morning and I would Mm -hmm. say hi. Um, but, but then since then, you know, I'm kind of, I fall on the other side of the plane, which is that I, you know, I live in a place right now, an apartment condo that has, you know, probably 10 times as many people in a concentrated area. And Mm -hmm. yet I don't know Really, any of them, and so it does take that you know that effort in order to, as Lindsay was you know just talking about, uh, in order to foster those relationships. Absolutely,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, that leads us to the next question: Do you have a story about someone in your neighborhood offering extravagant love to others? What are ways you have tried to express love for the people in your neighborhood?
2: Actually, I do have a really good story for that. Is uh, one of the neighbors used to be a police officer? And my parents had gone out. I was maybe 12. I've heard this story. (laughs) (laughs) I was maybe 12. And it was like a storming night. It was raining. And I heard somebody in my backyard. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) Like this, all of the scary movies have led up to this moment. (laughs) And I didn't, I wasn't prepared. (laughs) And I hear just this tapping. And I'm like, what on earth? And I walk to the back door. My back door is all glass. And there's just this gigantic man standing there. Oh my and heart. I start screaming and I call the neighbor and I was like, Carl, somebody's in the backyard. And he's like, I'm not home. Go to the front door. I will be there in just a second. And he had just gone out to dinner with his family and he dropped them off at the restaurant and he hightailed it back. He was back at my house in three minutes flat. I've never seen him drive wow. so bad. <laughs> and he ran to the front door and he's like, go get my car and lock the door. And he ran in and assessed and he called in for backup and he had helicopters come out and they were looking for wow. somebody who tried to break into my parents house mm-hmm. and wow. it was just something that was so special because i n- there was a need that i had my parents weren't home and wow. i was scared and i was able to call him and he dropped everything wow. to come and help me and that was super special because yeah. you don't you don't get that a lot but he was willing to cancel his dinner plans and and speed like crazy (laughs) to get back to the house yeah and he made me feel so safe and he calmed all of my fears instantly he's just like I've got it he's go get in the car you're gonna be okay I've got it wonderful and it was so great and that really made me feel special yeah
0: that's extravagant love for sure that yes (laughs) that the lengths he went to he didn't just like Call 911 for you. Yes, exactly. (laughs) He
2: made me feel like that. He showed more love in that moment than I had experienced with a neighbor at all. And it was so wonderful. And I was so sad when they moved out of the neighborhood because you get to have these bonds with these people where they are showing you love. And I could name, well, that neighbor is a nurse. So if we need to ask a question, Mm -hmm. we can go to her. And Mm -hmm. that neighbor over there is a plumber. The neighbor across the street's a lawyer. I can go talk to him and ask questions. And in all of these times I've asked the neighbors for advice or to borrow a cup of sugar or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, there's never been a feeling like, oh, she's calling again. Mm -hmm. Or why is Mm -hmm. she on my doorstep? Why is she right? There was never, there's never been a time where they're like, aren't, aren't they sick of me yet? (laughs) There's, it's not because the whole neighborhood is just genuinely caring and loving people that want to be there for you because if they have a need they want to be they want me to be there for them and you work as like the neighborhood functions almost as like a family unit right. because right. everybody is just genuinely there for each other and it's it's so special and it's so unique and that's, that's the awesome. culture
1: that's been built and it's a culture that it sounds like you know your dad was a big part of building and mm-hmm. like he's still there people have moved away but as people move in he he makes people feel a part of that culture yes you definitely when
2: the new neighbors moved in I was like, well, this is not a neighborhood that you've ever experienced before. Welcome like, to we- your orientation. Uh, yes, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, this is this is day one of the rest of your life because you will never want to sell your house because it's uh, so special. That's great. And that's why it's so hard to get a house in there. My husband and I keep eyeing. We're like, one of these days, <laughs> a house is going to come for sale yeah. and we're going <laughs> to snag it <laughs> because <laughs> where else do you feel so safe that all of the kids are just running around in the mm-hmm. neighborhood playing yeah. and at least one parent's out there keeping an eye out and mm-hmm. you just genuinely feel so so loved mm. in that. And that's something that's so special that I would never want to give up for anything. That's great. Yeah.
1: Well, so I weirdly enough, just last week, um, took a few days off and I went back home. I grew up in Salt Lake city, Utah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just want to drive by my old neighborhood. So that's like a really emotional thing. Yeah. And I kind of want to like knock on my door. I'm like, "Could I just but I was like, "Okay, that's awkward. I'm not going to do that." <laughs> but, you know, seeing your house that you grew up in and, you know, you know that country song, the house that built me. But whatever. Mm-hmm. But what what as I as I was parked in front of the house a little bit too long. I'm sure people were like, "What mm-hmm. is that girl doing?" Um, and seeing my house and the changes what really struck me is that the neighbor, the Her- the Hernans, lived next to us, Helen Hernan. There was a cute Bob and Helen Hernan, sweet little older couple, and they had an apple tree in their front yard. And she was always like, "Oh, you can have, you know, t- always take the apples. You can have apples anytime you want." I thought it was like kind of a big deal, like, "Oh, we can have these apples." And so the fact that the apple tree was gone was more devastating Aww. than the changes they made to my own house. I'm like, <gasps> <gasps> it was like that was that was the giving tree. Um, but you know, my dad. We had a lot of widows in our neighborhood. And in Utah, we have a tremendous amount of snow, the winters, and he, my dad would get up um, any morning that it snowed, didn't matter if it was a work day or whatever, and he would shovel all of the neighbor's walks, you know, whether they were going to leave their house or not, which, you know, as time went on, that became, that became quite a few. So he would get, get up in the morning and just, you know, quietly go shoveling, shoveling their snow. and, And that's, that that's extra not a love. fun thing to do I'll no you. <laughs> no no but he took it seriously and he, yeah wow. and so that was that it was, was extravagant. very extravagant love and I think like for me how I try to again I've been in my neighborhood for a long time and so I really I joke like I'm I'm neighborhood uber mm-hmm. <laughs> I will like I, I I feed cats I water mm-hmm. plants and you know so I think I'm me because I've been there long enough People kind of feel like they could trust me with their house key Mm -hmm. or whatever. So, um, But we had a sad situation several years ago. This young couple moved in, and I was so devastated because right away on the mailbox was saying that he was a registered sex offender. They had a picture, and they had it wrong. Mm -hmm. Actually, the lady before... Um, that had lived there her son um, you know I never saw him there but it was the same last name so anyway I felt so heartbroken that this was like oh welcome to the neighborhood we've got your picture plastered all over our mailboxes and we're calling you a sex offender it was really really
0: and so that's not very welcoming is it no
1: it was so unwelcoming and so I did not know them I didn't know what to do but um, a piece of their mail came into my mailbox and so I took that as an opportunity to, you know, go and like, oh, mm. you know, your mail came to me and like, that's a total mistake and I'm so sorry. And everyone I know, I'm letting them know. And yeah. um, that's, you know, I'm sorry this happened to you. Even if he was the registered sex offender, really, are we going mm. <laughs> to welcome to the neighborhood? So um, that's the part when you have history in the neighborhood. And so I, I think, I think, um, I appreciate that, that I've been there long enough, that I do know some of the stories and some of the people and even the ones that you just wave at, that you don't know their whole story because they're on Linda Hill's side of the street you know <laughs> at, at least I, I I hope that I'm a person that they feel comfortable with so
0: the story that comes to my mind is not um maybe not as extravagant as Lindsay's you know someone actually coming to save her <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. um but the love of a puppy seems pretty extravagant to me and recently <laughs> uh, we just moved into this new neighborhood as well and um hadn't really gotten to know our neighbors other than just seeing them and saying hi. Mm -hmm. And um, one day Ryan and I got home from work kind of late and we weren't in the door for a minute before we hear a knock on our door and go open the door and it's our neighbors and they have this tiny, (laughs) so small, tiny little puppy. And she basically immediately just gave the puppy to me. (laughs) And <laughs> so I'm holding this tiny little puppy in my arms who can hardly even stay awake. And they were like, they said they were so excited that they had been waiting all day, looking out their window all day, waiting for us to come home because they have an important question to ask us. <laughs> and, uh, she said, do you want a puppy? <laughs> and I was like, no, not, I wasn't planning on it. Um, but she just said, we, No, we don't know you that well but we can tell that you're a really sweet couple and we have this puppy that we had hoped to keep but our other dog um is not being kind to it at all it's a really bad situation and so we don't want to keep the puppy in this situation and we just really want it to go to a good home. And we oh. just really feel like that home is yours.
2: Oh! <laughs> and of course I say no to that.
0: I know I'm holding this tiny little puppy. There's no way that I, I can just, I was like, oh, can we think about it? That <laughs> was the best I could do. Um, And of course we did think about it. And of course we have a puppy now, <laughs> I know. Um, but now we are, we have become friends. And oh, so cool. we really love them and, you know, do game night and, oh, um, fine. I have never had a neighbor friendship like that before, so it's all kind of new territory, but That's it's great. exciting. It's fun to That's fun to have that. Okay, so in my neighborhood, I see my neighbors often. I see them walking their dogs, going to the mailbox, washing their cars, taking the gar- garbage can to the road, bringing in groceries, playing with children. You get the idea. I see them often. Since we are new in our neighborhood, we are still trying to connect with our neighbors we, to get to know them. What advice can you offer us? What are things you have done or ideas you have for us to begin to welcome people into our lives? Bring them a puppy. (laughs) <laughs> <Was> done, my...
3: <laughs> done deal. You
1: know what? It's so funny because when I read this question, I was like, "Well, it's kind of like politicians. Like it's children and t- puppies." I that was so <laughs> funny that you said about puppies because I'm like, when my mom got a dog and she was walking her dog, she you got she got to know the neighbors through like they don't mm-hmm. even if they don't know their names. So, oh, that's Jesse's mom, and that's you know the the dogs and the children. I think they are really good doorways into getting your yeah. you're walking the dog, or you know the kids get to know each other. I have to tell you, I have a 17-year-old nephew, Max, that lives with us. And, man, he knows more of my neighbors than I ever have. You know, he's out there because he's out there in the streets. And I think it's, it's again, making yourself available. He's always wandering mm-hmm. out there and, and you know, talking to people. And, and so you have to be outside of your house. Yeah. <laughs> to it's like Lindsay said with the block
0: party. Like, if yeah. your garage is open, then you're welcome to come in. Yeah. Right. But first you have to open the garage.
1: Yeah. Well, and that was when, when our kids were little, we would always do that. Our garage door, if it was open, it was free game. You can come mm-hmm. in the kids were put on little shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was that was sort of the if the garage is open, that's kids can come in and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. It's putting in the effort. Right.
3: Yeah. To me, I think it's operating from a place of abundance. Uh, for me personally, it's really easy to you know think I don't have enough time. Or, you know, think of the things I don't have enough of mm. time or money or yeah. effort or you know. But if you operate from that that p- place of abundance where you're giving, you know, your time or you're helping uh, people or you're going and you know, even just like we talked about, giving cookies or mm-hmm. you know something to welcome them, uh, meeting them first, mm-hmm. I think is really important mm-hmm. in order to kind of cultivate that.
0: Yeah, I love that abundance and. I often do the same thing, where I think more in terms of what I, you know, the time that I don't have and the stuff that I need to do and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like when you operate out of abundance, like you said, you end up just getting more, right? (laughs) Right? And And it's you get more time. You find that you actually didn't have,
1: yeah. You know, yeah, and that investment, and it's it's. But there's also like making that first move. Actually, I am so, I am doing the community group study and we do have an assignment to like get to know a neighbor that we don't know very well. And um, luckily a new neighborhood, a new neighbor just moved in right across the street last week. So I'm like, oh yeah, (laughs) I got you. (laughs) Like this is my homework. (laughs) So that's easier to be like, oh, you're new to the neighborhood other than more than the people that have already lived there. So here's my little hokey pokey idea because, like, this is the 25-year anniversary of our neighborhood. So I just want to get, like, little 25 balloons, and, like, I want to put them on, like, the doorsteps of people and be like, welcome Aww. to our neighborhood. You may not That's know great. this, but did you know that this is – and, by the way, if you ever need anything, you know – Yeah. Now, that could that could end up weird maybe, but <laughs> – <laughs> But you put yourself out there. <laughs> but, like, yeah. So it's, it's easier when someone's new to say, oh, I just wanted to welcome you than the people that you have – you know, that live on your street that you –
2: haven't met or know so right. um I think the best advice I can offer for somebody who's moving into a new neighborhood is to make connections um and reach out and just try like be the first step and it can be mm. as simple as a friendly smile uh, I don't know if I would test your luck and take it as far as my dad did and just like go and walk into their house Um, a lot of people are a little bit more apprehensive about that um but one thing that my dad has done that I've started doing which is super sweet is he knows the the neighborhood so he knows where there's like the elderly couples the couples that work nights and on trash day he moves their trash up and down for them Nice. And it's actually really funny. We live in the next neighborhood over, and he just knows that I don't remember when my trash day is. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, in the morning before he leaves for work, he comes and he rolls down my trash can Aww, every single week. That's <laughs> and, <so sweet. laughs> and then sweetest. after work, he knows that I am also not taking it back up. So, he comes back by <laughs> and he takes it right back up for me. I love it. Because he can't just leave it alone, and he, he doesn't like when the trash cans sit out for more than a night. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very <laughs> specific about his trash can duties. But I think it's that's something that is so helpful and it's so sweet because that's not something that I ever remember to do. Yeah. But it's nice. It's just, you know, if you if you notice that there is an elderly couple, maybe offer like mm-hmm. to do that. Or if you see them packing for their car and it looks like they're going on vacation, you can just shout out, hey, I'll keep an eye on the house for yep. you. Yeah. yeah. And that just makes people feel good mm-hmm. that, they've no- that you feel noticed. And I think yeah. that's a big thing is when you're trying to make genuine connections, whether it be relationships, friendships, or just with your neighbors is when people feel like you have put a genuine effort out there to notice them, Mm -hmm. it makes all the difference. And I feel like you become a friendly face. One of your neighbors might work in a really stressful job position where they're not seeing a lot of friendly smiles. And when they come home as a neighbor, if you do nothing but show them a friendly smile, that might be the only smile they see that day. And I think that's something that's really valued. And something that's really special Mm -hmm. is to just put forth even minimal effort to be the friendly face Mm -hmm. and become the safe person in the neighborhood. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great.
0: All right. Well, Jesus responded to the legal expert's question, who is my neighbor, by telling the story of a man who simply acted like a neighbor, helping a person he encountered in their time of need. Jesus ended the story by telling his followers to go and do likewise. As his followers, we are to welcome people into our lives by demonstrating our commitment to their well-being. It makes a difference in people's lives. It makes a difference in our lives, too. Remember, you are becoming love. How can you give witness to this reality today?
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I have a neighbor that lives on the corner Okay, I hope he never listens to his podcast because his dad. We the kids always he was the, the dad was known as old man grumpy, because he was the he was that the grumpy man that would always like yell at the kids or get off my lawn kind of guy. <laughs> but his adult son um, lives there, and I really did not know them very well. And then one day I saw him here at church because he, he's in the big band rehearsing, oh. you know. And so it's funny because. Um, he's like, I did not know that you, you know, worked at a church. And so we, isn't that funny? Like we, we live in the same neighborhood and, mm-hmm. but it was kind of nice that um, getting, being a witness then like, oh yeah, I do. I work here at the church and do this and getting to know him that way. And also now he knows that you're a Christian. So now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you've got to be that witness. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I think we give witness to the fact that we're becoming love just by trying every day to mm-hmm. become love. Mm-hmm. And I think that show that speaks for itself. I think the actions that we take in order to become love mm-hmm. um, will show that.
1: People are surprised when you, want, when you drive past and you wave at them if they don't know you. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I, I <laughs> wave at all my neighbors. If you're on my street, you're my neighbor, and I always like wave at them. It's, it's funny, it takes people off guard sometimes, okay. but I keep <laughs> waving <it> anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, he ends with
0: God bless you, Pastor Dave. And um, this has been a great conversation. It makes me want to get to know my neighbors more because all of these stories just sound so wonderful. And um, I'm sure there are lots of people on my street that that I would love to know.
1: I can't wait to hear about that. And that is part of the community group. I, I haven't read ahead. I've only read the session one. But, but I think that we are going to be challenged to getting to know, and it is, it is actually starting literally in our neighborhoods. Like who, who, who's your neighbor? And so it'll be good to hear stories at the end of this series and, and the difference, you know, that people's lives are. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Julie, would you like to close us in prayer? I would love to. Gracious, (laughs) loving God. Um, we just thank you for this time together and we thank you, um, just for the knowledge that that everyone is our neighbor and we and and we are called to love our neighbors. And um, we just ask that you help all of us um, to be that love and and we know we're all busy and everyone's going in in uh, different directions and have a lot on their plates, but help us to find the time just to be a friendly face or a smile or um, someone carrying up the trash or unloading a box for a neighbor. Um, help those small things um, be present in our minds so that we can, Uh, grow closer to becoming love in your world um, uh, for everyone to see if they feel love from us we know that um, that love comes from you so we just ask you to help us be ambassadors of your love in our neighborhoods um, and everywhere we go in jesus name we pray